Father, this morning, once again, Father, we just come to you for the ministry of this word. Or the word, Father, you said in your word that you have exalted your word above all your name. And therefore, we want to exalt your word this morning. Father, anoint the word, O Lord, that you have for your people. Whatever is of God, let it find root. Find it, let it find, uh, Father, place in our hearts. Let it be mixed with faith and let it bear fruit in our lives. To that end, I pray that you would anoint the hearing and the speaking, O Lord, of this word. Touch us, O Lord. Touch us. Open our ears and our eyes and our understanding so that we will understand, Father, what you have to say to us in this last hour of time. Touch us, O Lord, Father. Touch us. Touch us. Sanctify us and set us apart by your truth. Day by day, O Lord, Father. Thank you. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We'll just look at two verses um, from Proverbs and then I'll just uh, talk about uh, just what, what the Lord was uh, speaking to me through the week and we will see those, we will see where the Lord has to take us this morning. Proverbs chapter 3, 4 verses 3 to 4. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and he said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. That's chapter 4, which is essentially the wisdom section of uh, Proverbs. Till chapter 9, of course, we know that. And then, of course, the, almost the book end of Proverbs. This is chapter 29, verse 1. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. So a powerful verse. One talks about tender reception of God's word and correction and the other talks about sudden being suddenly being cut off you know I was teaching the children sometime back I think I think actually this during this week I was teaching them the parable of two trees um, this is original okay this is original this is not plagiarized of course there are some reference points somewhere but this is original you know, when I was growing up, uh, uh, in uh, uh, my childhood days, we used to go to my grandparents' place for vacation, my mother's uh, parents' home. When you enter into the home, the gate, exactly at the gate, there were two Ashoka trees, like that, tall, long Ashoka trees. Um, you know, uh, it's very interesting, no? Uh, so, the story goes like this, I mean, this is a made-up story, of course, and that there were two tender Ashoka trees growing up, okay? And they could speak. They had a voice. Ashoka trees have a very interesting, uh, uh, I mean, property or characteristic, if you will. They grow very slowly up to a point. I mean, this is what my parents told me when they were young. And when we were young too. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, so they, they have an interesting property that in that, uh, they grow very slowly up to a point. I mean, you just, the, and they drink in a lot of water. You need to have, I mean, they are evergreen trees, of course. So they drink in a lot of water. You have to continuously give them water and they come to a certain point in their growth and after a while they just shoot up. So the story is of these two Ashoka trees, okay, and both are tender, small, and they could speak. One of sugar tree was, both were bent, okay, and they just bent like that. 
And the gardener was coming and he looked at the trees and he said, Hey, you guys are bent. Let me make you straight. So he took a small string when they were tender, tied the string to the tree and, you know, tied it against the wall to make it straight. And suddenly the, one of the trees start, start, both the trees actually started squeaking. They said, Oh, it's painful. Oh, it's painful. And, 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 and they said, and the gardener said, it is good for you. I mean, otherwise, you know, you'll just grow bent. The other tree wouldn't have it. He said, oh, no, 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 no. This is too painful for me. I can't bear this pain. Just take that string off. Please, please, please. I don't want it. The gardener said, okay, but, you know, I'm just going to warn you that you'll just grow bent. He said, no, that doesn't matter. I mean, this is too painful for me. He said, okay, fine. He took off the thread. And slowly they started growing. And of course, as I told you, the, to a certain level they grow and suddenly they started shooting up. One started growing straight into the sky and there was this other tree which was growing slanted, okay? And even as it was growing slanted, it was reaching to the electric pole next to the home. Going towards the electric pole and they, they grow really tall and you know the electric poles in our homes are very, very nice and uh, and low and easily accessible, right? <laughs> so it's growing and, and, and uh, it... And suddenly it realized that it's going to hit the electric pole. And it shouted to the gardener and it said, Gardener, help, I'm going to hit the electric pole. I'm going to have a shock and I'm going to die. The gardener said, okay, what do you want me to do? Take those strings that you used to use to tie this little fellow and tie me up now. So the gardener said, okay, okay, fine, let me try that. And he got those uh, strings and tied it around the around the tree and... Tied it to the wall. And suddenly a small wind came and tuck. The string broke. And it's growing now. And the guy, and it said, Gardener, do something. I'm hitting it now. Please do something about it. Get a stronger string. Get a chain now. Please do something about that. The gardener said, okay. So this time the gardener brought a big chain and wrapped it around the trunk. And then he pulled it. It started squeaking, you know, squeaking wooden sound. Okay, I'm using a lot of DTS and Dolby sound now. And so, and it straightened it up, and then he tied it to the wall, and that there was a pain that went down its tongue, and it shrieked, "Oh, it's painful! It's painful! It's painful!" And the tension is there, right? It is so much of. Of strength that it's got now and ended so much of tension and suddenly there was a wind. The wind was, you know, in hood hood, right? In, in, uh, we had hood hood in, in Vizag, I don't know. Some cyclone came. Yeah, yeah. hood hood, yeah. Hood hood, whatever. It was a huge wind that came. And this time, the wind started pushing the tree. It was already bent. Now the chain was too strong. Tuck! The tree broke. Okay. And it died. So I had used all these analogies to teach my children. I got their attention. They were all looking at me like that. Then I said, how did this happen? How did it reach a point wherein it couldn't be made straight? And if someone tried to make it straight, 
It didn't have the strength of strength deep down inside of it and it broke under pressure. How did it reach there? Well, that's what I was thinking. Charles A. Beard is a famous American historian. And they asked him to write a concise book on his takeaways from American history or world history before he died. He said four points. History is four points and this is exactly what happens in every cycle of history. Okay? Somebody said this. They said all news is old news happening to new people. It's true. All sins are old sins happening to a new generation. That's nothing new under the sun. And history repeats itself and if we don't learn from history, we are bound to repeat them. That is the reason why the Bible says, all these things have been written for our example so that we could learn from them. Okay, and we, and we be warned. So they asked Charles Beard, can you just concisely summarize what you learned from history and these four points? This is what he said. First, whom the gods would destroy, they first make mad with power. God's want, God's wants to destroy Hitler. They give him power like crazy and he thinks he's invincible now. And that is when they destroy him. And the second thing he says, the mills of God grind slowly, but they grind exceedingly small and fine. Okay. Peace, 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 rub roll, peace, peace. Okay. Just imagine grind. And third lesson, very interesting, it's a parable, I'm not going to preach on that, but it is up to you to interpret it. The bee fertilizes the flower it drops. Interesting observation. Fourth point, when it is dark enough, you can see the stars. Four points from history. Oh, look at this, no? The mills of God grind slowly, but they grind exceedingly small. You know, there's a law in the universe. Inescapable law. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, it's exactly what he will reap. Something which we cannot escape. It's a law. It is both a physical law and a spiritual law. So it's very important for us to, to, to as believers to be consistent in our walk with the Lord because we can all just drift away. If you read the book of Hebrews, there are five solemn warnings in the book of Hebrews. The question we need to ask is, how did we ever reach a point in this, in your life? For example, let's say you're going through our a situation in your life and and you just stop there and say, Lord, how did I reach here? What happened? How did I end up in this place? Well, that's exactly what uh, the angel of the Lord asked Hagar. Hagar, Hagar. Uh, no, no, you didn't complete it. Hagar, Hagar, Sarah's maid. 
where are you coming from and where are you going? How is it that you ended up in this place? What has happened to you? How? What happened? What did you do? You need to always periodically ask those questions in your own life. Lord, why am I here? <laughs> What's up, Lord? Why did I, how come I reached this point in my life? And the Lord will say, actually the Lord will ask you possibly, if you're, if you're so busy not even contemplating these questions, the Lord will ask you, how did you reach this point? What's going on? There is something that happens to every believer. And no one is exempt from this. It doesn't matter if you're a preacher or you're a layman or you're just in some ordinary, ordinary, I mean, there's no ordinary Christian. So just say uh, some average Christian, rank and file Christian, if you will. Yeah. It'll happen to everyone. And this is what I want to look at today. I wanted to title this message, Causes of Drifting, Spiritual Drifting, Causes and Cure. Spiritual Drifting, Causes and cure. That's the title of today's message, okay? Spiritual drifting causes and cure. Let us look at some principles from the Bible. What happened? How did I become this? And what's going on with my life? And then the more I try, it doesn't seem, and nothing seems to be working. So let's look at it. What might have happened? Hebrews chapter 2. Therefore, why is it therefore? I don't know. You should read chapter 1 to get a hint. I know, but not completely. But I'm not, that is not the thrust of today's message. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. You know, you need to understand, one of the, I, I, I like ships, just because I like to watch ships, not to go in ships, okay? I like to watch ships, especially when they're being commissioned. You know, have you ever been to a commissioning of a ship? You know how they commission it? push it into the waters and it does like this. It's a huge ship and it displaces so much of water. It's a majestic side, I'm sure uh, Samir and all you guys might be knowing. But ship, doesn't matter what the size of the ship is, if it is not anchored, it could be huge. If it is not anchored, the current underneath it will just slowly cause it to drift away from the shore. Slowly, 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 slowly. It will take possibly one hour, two hours, or three hours, or four hours. You don't even realize it. The water hitting it from different directions, and slowly it goes to a point. And if you, I, I remember my uncle who works for the Merchant Navy. He was caught in a storm, and uh, he was he had a he had two anchors, no, one on this side and the other on the other side. He they dropped anchor and the storm was so, so powerful. The entire ship, heavy merchant navy ship, started moving like this clockwise and they tangled the anchor chains. It's powerful. You you know what? If you look at videos on sea, on, you, on YouTube, it's not a pretty sight. It's not a pretty sight at all. I remember I just took a, a what, is, what they call as a, a ride on a cruise ship when I was sometime back in the US when I was there. You know, I just went into the ship and I sat down to eat lunch. Okay, they had a banquet on the ship that day. I don't know for whatever reason. Within two minutes, I had seasickness. 
The sea is like that. Okay. And you can, and drifting, I mean, you don't always have storms, obviously. Storms are not everyday thing. But drifting currents are always there. And slowly you can just drift away and you don't even realize that's what drifting is all about actually. And you reach a point, it's almost no man's land. So, for, so he says, we should be, we should, uh, give the more earnest heed. I mean, let's see, very interesting. He doesn't say, we must give heed. No. He doesn't say, we must give earnest heed. No. He says, we must give what? More earnest heed. It's a triple superlative. To the things we have heard, lest we drift. For if the word spoken through angels proved to be steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect? You see, drifting happens because of disobedience and neglect. Neglect. No, this is very interesting here in the, in the, in the Bible, the word disobedience in the, in this particular place, it occurs only a few times in the entire New Testament, if I'm right, about four or five times in all. Actually, the word disobedience means mishear, to hear a miss. You know, it's, it's easily understood, understood in Telugu. Chep, disobedience is equal to chepinamata vinadu. You, I mean, that's exactly, you didn't listen to what I said, that is equal to disobedience. Or you didn't understand what I wanted to convey to you. You just interpreted the way you wanted to interpret it and you did whatever you wanted to do. That's exactly what Saul did. I have obeyed the commandment of the Lord. What? What commandment? What is the sound of this what sound I hear? I have obeyed the commandment of the Lord. No, you did not. You misheard. Or you interpreted whatever I said in your own way. And drifting happens because of mishearing. Miscommunication or communication channel is perfect but our Reception could be absolutely warped. And neglect, which causes drifting. You know, this, this happens in, uh, just to show this uh, consistency in uh, other places in the Bible, you find it in Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 to 17. Moreover, if your brother sins, sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you see that? The same word, mishear. If he mishears you, you have gained, I mean, if he does not mishear you, you have gained your brother. But if you will not hear, uh, take with you one or two witnesses, uh, one or two or more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And verse 17, if you refuses to hear then hear them, tell it to the church. But if you refuses even to hear the church, let him, to, let him, uh, let him be to you like a heathen or a tax collector. So disobedience and neglect causes drift. Understand? Disobedience and neglect Causes drift. Slowly, 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 slowly. We don't even realize. Slow, it happens slowly. And therefore, Christians are warned against drifting. Because sometimes we might reach a point in life that it could be a point of no return in our lives again. Alright? So, how do we reach this point? By Disobedience or mishearing and neglect. So what are those ingredients? What do we neglect? Specifically, what do we neglect? Let's go through the Bible and see what exactly we neglect and what causes drifting. So let us look at Matthew chapter 22. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, 
The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. Amazing. And sent out his servants to call those who were invited for the wedding. They were invited for the wedding. They were already invited, by the way. And they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants saying, Tell those who were invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed. And all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it. That is again neglect, by the way. The same word, neglect. They neglected it. They neglected God's word and God's warning. They made light of God's invitation to change, to repent. What happened to them? They made light of it and went their own ways. One to his own farm and another to his own business. So when does neglect happen? Neglect happens when focus has changed from the kingdom of God to our own kingdom. You see? Focus has changed. Another, another, another way of looking at it. Focus has changed from the father's business to our business. That's exactly what happened to Jesus. They asked him, what, what are you doing? Your father and I were searching for you. Don't you know that I should, I should, I should be about my father's business? And the disciples got him, got him food. I have food that you don't know of. My food is to do the will of the father. There are 12 hours in a day. And the night comes where no man comes work as long as there is light. He was a man absolutely focused on the father's business. Father's business is his business. And therefore he never drifted away. And he always, in mind, I, I remember this story um, in Mahabharat. Uh, I'm sure many of you also know it. The story is told about um, Dronacharya. We know the, the, the award for, for coaches in India is Dronacharya Award. Right? You know that, right? Dronacharya Award. What is the award for uh, sportsmen in India? Arjuna Award. Why, why is Arjuna and Dronacharya given there? You know, there's, there's, this, there's this story in Mahabharat where uh, um, all the Pandavas and the Kauravas, they were cousins and they had one, one guru, his name is Dronacharya. And Dronacharya, it seemed, always favored Arjuna. And Suryodhana, who was Duryodhana, Suryodhana, okay, Duryodhana, Duryodhana was very upset and he asked, uh, asked uh, Dronacharya, why are you always partial towards Arjuna? And he said, no, 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 I am not partial towards Arjuna. You come here, I will tell you. He called all the Pandavas and the Kauravas, 105, okay, 100 Kauravas and 5 Pandavas. All of them with their bow and arrow, okay. And he said, he put a target over there, a bird and its eye hit the target about a few meters away. Maybe 10 or 50 meters, I don't know. Okay. In Mahabharat language. Yeah. So, he called everybody. And he first he called uh, one of the Kauravas and he said, what do you see? And he, he said, I see the I see the trees. I see the wind uh, fluttering the leaves. I see the beautiful flowers. And I also see the beautiful bird. And I see its eye. He said, you will not hit the target. Try it. He didn't hit the target. Everybody came. They all gave. They tried to impress the boss. Telling them what they saw. And, the, and finally Arjuna came. They asked him, Arjuna, what do you see? He, say, he says, you know what? I see only the eye. And he said, you know what? He's going to hit it. Blindfold. I think almost the legend says. I'm not sure. 
You see, focus is absolutely on the tar- on the target and he's never distracted. You see, never distracted. That's exactly what Jesus was. He said, you know what? My eyes towards Jerusalem, like a flint towards Jerusalem. Hmm? Yes, children? How focused are you in your work? Think about it. Can you focus? Do you have focus? Do you know exactly what you're doing? That whatever you do, that's what Ecclesia says. Whatever your hands gets to do, do it with all your heart. And Colossians will say, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That is your aim. That is your focus. You're about your father's business. Don't lose, don't lose focus and don't get distracted. That's what it says in Mark's Gospel chapter 4 verses 18 and 19. Now those, these are the ones Sown among the thorns, they are the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world, they hear the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things. Desires in themselves are not wrong. It is desires for other things. Enter in, choke the word and they become become unfruitful. What we like, like we heard on, in, on 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 Sunday, I mean sorry on Wednesday, the Pastor was talking about this. He said this is beautiful in the NIV translations, Colossians chapter three verses one and two. Look at what he says, Colossians chapter three verses one and two. Very very interesting rendering. He said, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated, at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Your hearts and your minds above. That is what C.O. Slovis was talking about. Aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you get neither. Amazing. So you will see this example of drifting in the Bible and a man who had a lot. So his namesake was Lot. You find him in Genesis chapter 13. Verse 7 onwards. And quarreling arose between Abraham's herds and Lot's. This is the NIV. The Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land at the time. So Abraham said to Lot, Look, let's not have any quarreling between you and me, or between your herds and mine, herders and mine, for we are close relatives, other translations will use the word, brothers, we are brothers, let's not fight. Is not the whole land before you, let's part company. You know, this is ultimate test. Look at what this guy does. He goes on to say, if you go to the left, I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. The moment of reckoning comes now. So Lot looked around and saw the whole plain of Jordan before Zohar was well watered, like the well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. What Lot saw with his eyes was prosperity. What God saw with his eyes was destruction. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. The two men parted company. It's amazing. You see, two things here. First, the Lot Lot chose for himself. You know what he should have said? Uncle, I was under your wings all these years. You know my weaknesses, you know my strengths. Okay, I am a Ullu. I am Buddhu. You know, that's what even Solomon said. I am not, I am not wise Lord. I can't lead these people. I am nothing Lord. You choose for me. You choose for me. That is attitude of Abraham. 
Lot chose for himself. God chose for Abraham. And because Lot chose for himself, his children chose for themselves a spouse and created an an Ammon and a Moab. Because Lot chose for himself, the children also chose for himself. Because God chose for Abraham, Abraham chose for Isaac, a bride. Ask yourself this question. Whom will you allow to choose for you? Anything. Especially in marriage. Especially, you know, every young woman and young man will be tested at this juncture. Whom are you choosing? Is the Lord choosing for you or are you choosing for yourself? We are compatible and we have the same goals, we have the same... Dreams, the same aspirations. She looks beautiful, etc., etc. Chose for himself. So the so Lot chose for himself. Two things: he chose for himself. God chose for Abraham. Why did he choose for himself? Because he looked with his own eyes. Abraham looked with. God's eyes. And you will see in scripture, there are two kinds of people. People who ask for God's eyes, like pastor was talking about on Wednesday, when you take off from the aeroplane, I mean, you go to high tech city, nowadays if you go to high tech city, Baba, the whole demographics, oh, sorry, the, 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 the structure has changed in what, three, four years? Everything is like this now. Everything. I remember walking down New York, right? I was going like this. You know, it's, exa- it's the same thing. No, that's exactly how your problems look when you when you are walking with your own eyes, with your own eyes. But when you take off and have the bird's eye view or God's eye view, your perspective changes. So there are always two kinds of people: people who have their own eyes and people who desire God's eyes. You see, the question therefore is, my eyes or God's eyes. See, that is how drifting happens. Drifting happens because of the choices that you made. You are here, whether you like it or not, we can talk about sovereignty, predestination, etc, etc, etc. But you are here because of the choices that you made. Don't ever tell me that you didn't make any choices. You just came here. No, I remember the first time my friend called me to GTC. I had to make a choice to go. I was not brought here. God did not strike me dead and I mean almost and bring me here. No, maybe he did for some of you. I don't know. But it didn't happen. I made a choice to come. You see, people told me and God led me here. Yes, but I also made a few choices. I exercised my will. You see, therefore we are all here because of the sum total of the choices that we have made and we cannot escape that. You see, see, this is reality. We need to come to terms with that. Because you shall know that what? The truth. And the truth shall set you free. And I know, see, if you really want deliverance in your life, one of the things that we, I mean, during counseling, whatever it is, right? If you want deliverance in your own life, you have to take responsibility for your actions. First of all, first, first thing. You say, Lord, I am here because of my mess. I messed up. I goofed up. Like Pastor was saying, I am goofy. Big goofer. The chief goofer of GTC. I mean, you should give yourself those, those kinds of titles. You say, Lord, I messed up. I'm here because of all the decisions and the choices that I made. I'm not here by accident. 
No. Choices. I can't escape that. So you have two views. This is one is your own view and the other is God's view. And God's view is not automatically obtained. You have to seek that with all of your heart. That is what we call as walking by faith and not by sight. Right? So look at what it says in Psalm 32 verses 1 and 2. Just just browse through this. Look at, and this is the NIV version and I liked it. I liked this very much. Psalm 32 verses 1 and 2. I have a message from God in my heart concerning the sinfulness of the wicked. What is the message from God in your heart concerning the sinfulness of the wicked? Uh, Other translations will use, I have an oracle from God. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Why? In their own eyes, they flatter themselves too much to detect or hate their sin. You see, you know everyone, everyone has many blind spots. Not one or two. Many, 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 many blind spots. I've learnt it through experience. Other people will be able to see your mistakes more clearly than you yourself because you always try to downplay your weaknesses. That is the reason why you write a resume. Right? I mean, everybody is laughing. No? What strengths? What is a weakness? Uh, I don't know. Do I have... That is, that is, I mean, because we don't want to project ourselves, right? We want to show our best side, any relationship, or that matter if you're going for an interview or you're quoting somebody. It's the same thing. You know, I remember the first time when I got, my wife is not there, so I can give examples. She said, I warn you, don't use my examples, it's okay. I remember when we were quoting, right? I, I used to go to a restaurant and I used to say, honey, please be seated. I used to be very chivalrous. And I would see it on the other side. Fork and knife. And I used to eat slowly without making any sound. I would put the steel or other, what do we call the silver, right? Yeah, silver, thank you. So silver on the plates like that so that they don't make any sound. And then, of course, we got married. And when I got married, I love sambar. And I'm making all kinds of sounds. You see, all sounds, no? And she looked at me and said, what is that sounds? When you are quoting, these are not there. You see, a revelation because of relationship. (laughs) Covenantal relationship, if you will. You see, this is exactly what happens. Because we always show our best side. And other people, I mean, we are so... In ourselves, right? And we're eating like that and she looks at me and says, don't make those sounds, please. I want to enjoy my meal. So, so we are like that because we don't, and other people are able to see. We are always soft on ourselves. We don't see blind spots. That is the reason why I'm telling you, if you have a great marriage, is a marriage where a husband and a wife can discuss their glaring mistakes and, and, and their shortcomings with each other. That is a great marriage. Amazing. Perfect. A great church is where brothers and sisters can openly discuss their problems and and they can say, you know, I can see blind spots over here, boss, if you go this way. And that's exactly the reason why it says in Proverbs, better the wounds of a friend than the of the enemy. Okay? You see that? See this? Because we all 
wise and all. So they said, there's no fear of God because in their own eyes, they flatter themselves too much to know and detect their own and hate their own sin. It's very interesting. It's, see, it is not just you don't sin. You should hate your sin. You see, why was Jesus anointed by the oil of gladness about all his companions? It says in Hebrews chapter 1, it says, because he loved righteousness and he hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, his God, anointed him. It's just not that he practiced righteousness. He loved righteousness. It's not just he, he did not commit sin. He hated sin. You see? That is what he's talking about. And we all are downplaying our own mistakes and faults. And God is saying, you know what I am? I am a perfect God. I don't put anything under the carpet. I pull it out and show it openly. Whatever is it kept in secret that day, when when uh, in chapter, Romans chapter 2, when uh, Paul says, when God, according to my gospel, will judge the secrets of men by that man, Jesus Christ. Every secret will be openly proclaimed from the housetop. Think about that. That should really give us a terror of the Lord inside of our hearts. Okay, so because they are, they, in their own eyes, they flatter themselves. Another, another place, look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 14, verses 12. There is a way that seems what? Right to a man, but its end is the way of death. You see that? And then again, in Proverbs chapter, uh, Judges chapter 17, Judges chapter 17, there are two, uh, says, uh, Israel did evil in the sight of God. But in their own eyes? Well, look at what it says in Judges chapter 17 verse 6. In those days there was no king in Israel. And everyone did what was right in their own eyes. As if it was not. He says, again and again I say, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say. So again it says here in Judges chapter 21 verse 25. In those days there was no king in Israel. And everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Mm-hmm. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter uh, 3, verses 7 to 8. We know this very, 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 very well. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil, for it will be health to your flesh and navel to your bones, marrow to your bones. Health to your navel and marrow to your bones. Other translations will say, health to your navel and marrow to your bones. If you want to really live a healthy life, how many of you want health? You know, remember the old saying, right? If wealth is not lost, nothing is lost. If health is lost, something is lost. But if character is lost, everything is lost. Yeah? We know that very well. This is, those, are, those are cliches, but they're all copied from the Bible. Nothing is original. Okay? Plagiarized, if you will. We know that, right? If you copy from one book, you're plagiarizing. If you copy from many books, you're researching. So we're all researchers. We have a PhD for that, okay? Partial head damage. Gone. Okay, so, do not be wise in your own eyes. Another place. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. The way of the fool is right in his own eyes. But he who heeds counsel is wise. Clear! Another place. Proverbs 16, verse 2. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the spirits, the attitude, the motives. With which you do. That is the reason why it says be renewed in the attitude of the mind. It says in Ephesians chapter 4. Mm-hmm. And another, another place. In Proverbs chapter 12 verse, verse 15. The way of the fool is right in his own eyes. But he who heeds counsel is wise. Uh, the NLT will say. People may be pure in their own eyes. But the Lord examines their motives. 
Proverbs chapter 30 verse 12. There is a kind or a generation, it says in other translations, there is a generation who is pure in his own eyes, yet is not washed from its filthiness. That's exactly the reason why, you know, when, when, the, when, when the lady who was uh, washing the feet of Jesus, you know, and she was with all her tears, she was watching, washing her, uh, the feet of Jesus. Uh, Simon was saying, if this man knew what kind of a woman she is, who's touching, and he looked at her, Simon, Simon, Babu, Simon. Okay. Two people, one owed five rupees, the other owed fifty rupees. Sorry, five hundred thousand rupees. Because they could not return five rupees one fellow and find it through a thousand rupees the other fellow, he frankly forgave them. Who will love more? Actually, the five rupees fellow should love more because he didn't have money to even return five rupees. Who is more poor? Hmm? He said, because of our sins, I did not come to heal the righteous, but I came to heal the, call the sinners to repentance. So there are people who are wise in their own eyes, but they are not cleansed from their filthiness precisely because they think they are okay. See? My eyes are God's eyes. John chapter 9 verses 40 to 41. This is amazing. Jesus nails it, the last nail on their on the coffin. Look at what he says in John, John's gospel chapter 9 verses 40 and 41. Those of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and said to him, we are not blind too, are we? You know, in Telugu there is a saying, Gummadikai Dunga, Bujal Dharmukunadu. I don't want to explain that. It's very interesting if you know Telugu. Okay. We are no blind. We are blind too, are we? Jesus said to him, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But since you say we see, what happens? Your sin remains. So, here comes Lot. With a lot. Abraham lived in the land of Canaan while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents where? Near Sodom. First drifting process. Point number one, near Sodom. And there is wickedness. Oh, no, 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 I will not get attracted. I will keep myself pure. But you have a generation is growing up. Right in front of your eyes. You may be having the strength to not compromise. But what about your little ones? What about them? Then God sent, you know, God always sends discipline because he loves us, right? Therefore he corrects us. So he sent a a discipline and he allowed Lot to be captured. But what has happened to Lot when he was getting captured, when he got captured? What happened to him? Very easy. Is he near Sodom? No. Look at what it says in Lot, uh, not Lot, Genesis chapter 14 verse 12. They also carried off Abraham's nephew Lot and his possession since he was living Oh, not near Sodom anymore. He is living in Sodom. Drifting. That is how drifting happens. He is completely oblivious to it. He still thinks that he is righteous. He is righteous, of course. But what happened? To, what, what about his children and his family? Compromised. And I, I, I see that happening a lot in immigrant families in, in US and Canada. I know that, no? You know, we call them CBCD. Canadian born, confused they see. ABCD, American born, confused, they say. Okay. They are neither here nor there. So they have Indian parents who are very, very conservative. And, and these guys just, they enjoy freedom and they can call CPS also if Indian children, Indian parents, you know that they don't mind killing their son, children also. If they have to discipline them. 
But in even US and Canada, if you touch CP, CPS, they can call. I've seen that happening over and over again. So these are the decisions that we need to take. Okay, let's move on. Living in Sodom. And look at what happens. He doesn't just live in Sodom now. He gets promoted in Sodom too. He enjoys promotion. This is Genesis chapter 19. uh, The two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the Sodom. What is gateway? No, he has become the elder over there. Promotion. He has become the mayor almost. Near Sodom, in Sodom, mayor of Sodom. Slow drifting. Oh boy. We need eyes. We need eyes to see the way God sees. That is, the re- that is the reason why the prayer of Apostle Paul. Look at what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18. So we fix our eyes not on what is what? Seen. But on that and what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary and what is, what is seen is eternal. You see that? Everybody got that uh, uh, that uh, that example by Pastor Francis Jam. The rope example. Right? He says... This is eternity, and this is your life. I don't. I, I think everybody must have, must have seen that. If you haven't seen it, please go to the GTC WhatsApp group, and you will see that. Okay, so ask God for His vision, and He will give it. Lord, I want to see Your perspective. Your perspective. You make the choice for me. And most of the time, the choices for people who are younger in the Lord are made for by people who are. Senior in the ministry, senior in their walk with the Lord, senior in the gospel, much more senior to us in the gospel. We need to always have people who are much more senior to us in the gospel. You see, we need to have them. They will see issues in us which we are completely blinded to. And we will think that if everything is okay, that is the nature of sin. It is, it is deceiving all the time. So the first reason why we, why we drift away is because we neglect what? The warnings of God. We choose not to listen to the warnings of God. And slowly the drift happens. Second. Again, Hebrews, back to Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect? Derek Prince um, did a uh, interesting, uh, uh, what do you say, commentary on the book of Hebrews. And this is a statement that he makes. How neglect happens. Negligence happens not because of the things that we do, but because of the things that we do not do. I love that. Negligence happens, it's not because of the things that we do, it is because of the things that we do not do. What we call as, there are sins of commission and the sins of omission. You see, that's how it happens. We are supposed to do certain things and we don't do it. We just procrastinate and we put it away for another day. James chapter 4 verse 17. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is what? Sin. You see, you one of the things that we need to be as Christians when we know what is right, we should be absolutely decisive. Indecision in the kingdom is not acceptable. You see, there's a Beautiful verse in First Kings chapter 18 where uh, Elijah is challenging uh, the prophets of uh, Baal. And this is the statement that he makes. Look at what he says in First Kings chapter 18. So Ahab sent all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? Vacillating. Indecisive. 
He loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. I will do this, I will not do this. I will do this, I will not do this. Let us do dice. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But what happened to the people? They did not answer him a word. Indecisive. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Look at what he says. Beautiful. I'll explain this to you. To delay or fail to make decisions may be more sinful than to make wrong decisions out of faith and love. Why? To delay is more sinful than to make wrong decisions out of faith and love. John of Kennedy. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. I love this quotation from by Theodore Roosevelt. Okay. Look at this. You fill in the blanks, okay? In any moment of decision, the best thing to do is the right thing. The next best thing to do is the wrong thing. And the worst thing to do is nothing. Fantastic. A for the day for you all. You see? Nothing. Indecision. See? Joel chapter 3 verse 14. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. You see that? Multitudes. I'm, I'm telling you honestly, there are so many believers who have to take a step of faith they know. For example, they might be staying in a dead church. Just giving you a hypothetical situation. They know which church is the right church to go. But indecision. Or, hey, what will my parents think? What will my Baba think? What will my grandfather think if I make a decision? Multitudes upon multitudes. They are all caught, caught up without making any decision. We call it lingering. What do we call it? Linger, linger. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know, Gift of being decisive. I mean, it's not like uh, you, sh- you should have what we call Dutch courage. No. Yesterday, uh, Eric and I were just talking over the phone and we were just praying for each other. Pastor's not around, so you, know, you need to have somebody else to pray with each other, right? So we were discussing and we praying. And we just, just came about oh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. We were just discussing about him. You know, when the world war was happening, uh, the Nazis were you know, they were uh, massacred. I mean, they killing everybody. Everybody was anti-state. Who was not with the Nazis was against them. Uh, there's a, there was a, a very uh, famous pastor, I think Pastor Martin Noeller, if I'm right. He made a very interesting statement. He says, he says, they came for the socialists and it, I said nothing because I was not a socialist. They came for the industrial unionists and I said nothing because I was not an industrial unionist. They came for the Jews and I said nothing because I was not a Jew. I did not speak because I was not a Jew. And they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. No one left. You know what happened to Dietrich Bonhoeffer? I mean, it's very interesting if you look at his uh, biography. He was in England pastoring a church at that time and he heard that his church was going through persecution and all the church members in England, they said, don't go, don't go, stay here. You'll be safe. And once the war is over, the allies are coming and everything is settled down, you can go. And he said, you know what, I'll go now. My church needs me now more than then. If I go and meet my church and be with my church, then I will lose all credibility. I have to be with them now and event. 
Amazing, man. Amazing. Decisive. No lingering. Because he knew what he was doing was right. And he acted upon it. Hmm. So look at Lot, for example. Lot. This is uh, Genesis chapter 19. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he, what? Lingered. You see, he was lingering. Still indecisive. Can you imagine how much he was captured by the spirit of Sodom in his heart, even though he was righteous externally? That is drifting. And the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his daughters. Can you imagine he had to be pulled out? He would not move. I remember one man of God who was refusing the call to ministry. He said, Lord, I'm not coming, I'm not coming, I'm not coming. You know what God had to do? Accident. Broke his bones. He was paralyzed in the hospital for three months. And he said, Lord, I surrender. After that, he got healed. Some of you know who I'm talking about. You see. See, this is a this lot. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters. And what happened? The Lord being merciful to him. It's not because of his own virtue. That is the reason why we sang that song, Great is your mercy towards me. If God were not, you know, if, if I honestly believe, you would never have made a step towards Christ, decision towards Christ, if you would never had any problems in your life. It is the problems and issues. We were so stiff-necked because of the problems and issues that we have in our life, we came to God. I can say that of me. I don't know about you. For sure. Mm -hmm. It's because of issues that we had, the failures that we had, the the troubles that we had, then we said, oh Lord, what is happening? (laughs) Finally, I got your attention, Baba. Escape for your life. Do not look behind. Do not what? Look behind. How do I know that I have a spirit of indecision in me? Because I always look back to the world. You see, today's uh, devotion in the morning, I was preparing the word. I exactly came to the slide, okay? And I got a devotion. I read the devotion and I said, don't look back. I said, boy, this is is confirmation. It's amazing. This is it. You feel look back. How do you know that you have a spirit of indecision? Because you're always looking back. What did I leave? What did I leave? What did I leave? Are what would have happened to me if I could have continued in the career? No problems, Baba. No financial issues. Nothing. Everything would have been hunky dory. Like you know, the, the the Israelites in the wilderness. Oh, we remember the leeks and the onions. We so freely ate. You see, indecisive. Likewise. This is Luke's Gospel, chapter 17. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. What does it mean? It's just not life as usual. It is complete preoccupation with the temporal. Complete preoccupation. Complete, total preoccupation with this world. But on the day the Lord went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so, it will be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. You see that? And what happened? In that day, he was on the housetop and his goods are in the house. Okay, you are they're right there in the housetop and your goods are in the house. Don't go into the house and say, Baba, let me get my documents and my, and my, uh, and my, uh, what is that, whatever that, you know, what, what is that? Uh, my, my, at least my uh, resume, whatever, no? This, whatever treasure is there, leave it, run for your life. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Why? Remember, Madam Lot. 
misses lot. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will preserve it. And Luke's Gospel chapter 19, another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me go first and bid the farewell to who are at, who are at my house. But Jesus said, no one having put his hand on the plow and looking back is worthy of the kingdom of God. Okay, so that is how when we are indecisive, we drift. Second. Third. What is neglecting? How do we neglect? And how we drift? What do we neglect? Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. Very famous. I'm sure if some of you know it at least. Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the wines. For our wines have tender grapes. Another translation. Catch all the foxes, those little, little foxes. Before they ruin the vineyard of love. Boy, I like that. The vineyard of love. For the grape wines are blossoming. Little, little, little foxes. Foxes kya hai? What are these foxes, Baba? These foxes are our nice pet sins, low, deep down inside of our heart. Little, little sins. Small, small, unconfessed sins. Little foxes. Very little. They look very small. You know, I was reading some commentary, you know. Foxes, apparently, they always have this habit of turning like this. Nobody, what is going on? What is going on? That's a little fox. How do you translate that into transcript? I don't know. That is the reason why we need video video also now. Okay. Because we are an audio-visual generation. No? So you just always look back. No, they're always looking. Just scared. What's going on? That's a that's a habit of a of a fox because there's deception deep down inside of it. And the fact of the matter is they look small. They look small, but they are not small. They're dangerous. C.S. Lewis, you should, you should come to C.S. Lewis now. How can we miss him? He has something to say all the, all the time, and we have to quote him. Look at what it says, C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Screwtape Letters. I like this. It does not matter how small the sins are provided. Are. It does not matter how small the sins are provided, their cumulative effect is to edge the man away from the light. And out into nothing. Meaning, as it doesn't matter if they, if it's if it's uh, if it's uh, lying, you don't have to commit adultery. If you lie a little, more lie, more lies, more lies. Slow, they will push you, push you, push you, push you, push you, push you away from the na- on the narrow path. And slowly, what the scripture says in Revelation, the the fornicators and the sorcerers and all liars also included over there. So I will not trap you with a big sin called adultery or fornication or whatever. But I will slowly trap you with lights and slowly take you away from the narrow path. Slowly. Look at what he says. Murder is no better than cards. If cards can do the trick. If cards can do the trick, you don't have to murder. Why should I waste one life? I can preserve him for somebody else. And he says, indeed the safest road to hell is the gradual one. The gentle slope, the soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. Slowly, Sanjar Kunta, oh no, you're on an incline, you're on an incline, okay? 
and you are going very slowly, gently. And he gives you AC also on the way. Feel enjoy yourself, Baba. Slightly, slowly you slant away into hell. Dropped. Those are those little foxes. You know, um, uh, there was one man of God who gives a very interesting example. There's two women who go to a Catholic church for confession. Get to the, they call him the abbot, right? The, the guy who's in the confession. So one lady, she's guilty of a big crime, big, big sin, and she's really burdened, and the other lady was not feeling so bad because she did some small, small things here and there. So both of them went to the confession box, and one lady was broken over sin because of the enormity of her sin, and she was crying and crying and crying, and the other lady was not so upset, and she also confessed after the confession was over. The abbot took them to a huge field. She, The abbot called this lady who did a big sin, and she, he said, Look for the biggest stone here, biggest rock here in this field. Go and get it. So she went, got the big stone, put it on her shoulder and brought it to him. The other lady said, go and find small, 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 small stones everywhere. Equal to the number of sins that you committed. Okay, small, small stones everywhere and bring them to me. She said and went to every place, lifted up all small, small stones and put them in her apron and brought it to the abbot. The abbot said, now you go back and put this big stone from where you got it. She nicely went and put the stone from where she got it. And he said, you go and replace all these stones with the places where you picked it from. And uh, the lady was shocked. Uh, where? I don't remember where I got them from. You know what he said? This lady... She thinks that she committed a huge crime. Therefore, it is easy for her to find from the place where she committed her sin. You, you thought those little, 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 little sins that you committed, the little gossip that you made here, the small money that you took from there, the 100 rupees and 250 rupees you conveniently forgot to repay, and that whatever, all those little, 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 little things from where all you took. I know so many people have borrowed money from infinite people. 10 rupees, 25 rupees, 100 rupees. And they forgot. And you know what he said? Look at you. The total collection of the stones in your apron is equal to the weight of the big stone. And you're stuck with your guilt. And she has been delivered from her guilt. Little, 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 little sins. Think about it, saints. Think about it. All the little, little, little things that we said. The little lies we told our parents. The little money that we stole from our parents. The little pornographic sites that we have visited. The 15 seconds of trash that we saw on the internet. Little, 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 little things. The little gossips that we said. The, the indirect comments that we made. Do you remember your little sins? Little foxes. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful of those little foxes. 
Look at what this man of God says. Let us remember that just as the soul can be devastated not only by gross sins, but also by a multitude of neglected minor sins. I like that word. Neglected minor sins. So the life of holiness in its turn is not only composed of great heroic deeds, but also of a multitude of small actions and brief words. Boy! You know who wrote this? Guess, guess, guess. Richard Bumran. Amazing. See, when, when you look at certain laws in the Bible, you should, what is this law, Lord? What is going on over here? This is, this looks so simple and so trivial. What, what's so big about this? I'll show you one law, okay? It's so obscure, it is, it's, it's like in the middle of a series of verses that you, it's so easy for you to miss it. It occurs only once in the entire Torah. It's found in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 8. Look at what it says. When you build a new house, then you shall make a paraffit wall, okay? Paraffit wall or railing for your roof. That you may not bring a guilt of bloodshed on your household if anybody falls away from it. What is this law? I mean, this is like this, no? You, you, you make a house. I mean, we all construct houses. On the roof, you make a nice paraffit wall, protect it. Accidentally, if somebody goes there and if he, if he doesn't have a paraffit wall and you know, he just bends and he might just fall. That not that that will make you guilty of blood shedding blood. And you say, Lord, what is what is going on over here? This is such a small thing. What what is this? It's interesting in the King James what it says. The same verse in the King James Bible, King James Bible or King James version, authorized version. When thou buildest a new house, then thou shalt make a what? A battlement. I like that. What is a battlement? It looks like this. Battlement. No, this is to protect yourself. This is to shoot. This is to protect. This is to shoot. This is to protect. This is to shoot. And we, I, I remember in Canada they have these uh, when, when during winter they make these uh, snow castles. Okay, man, ice castles actually, and they make these fortresses and we used to go and play like that. No guns here and hide and just winter games because we got bored of winter. No, protect yourself, shoot. It's for your protection. It looks like a very simple and a small thing. One day, a man also was there. He also constructed a house in a place called Jerusalem. And he went to the top of his mountain. Oh, sorry, not his mountain, his home. And you meet him where? Second Samuel chapter 11. It happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out for battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. Hmm, Now what does he do? Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof. What was not there? There was no battlement. Not physically. Physically maybe there was a battlement. But spiritually there was no battlement. There was no protection. And what did he he do? He looked down and saw a woman bathing. That is the reason why we call her Bathsheba. Because she was bathing. Yeah. And he looked and he saw. Oh, those were little, little sins in his life. What was he doing? 
He was fighting an army, marrying one woman. Another woman. Another woman. Another woman. Slowly, small, 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 he was doing sigma woman. Summation of all women. If you know mathematics, you know what I'm talking about. Sigma i is equal to 1 to n. All were happening and one day he wanted to add another also. But the only problem is this. She was the wife of somebody else. And you know what has happened? The wall was gone. One look. One look and he killed his friend. Murdered him. From the roof. You see a little, 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 small, 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 small things in your life. Do you know the little, little things? Nobody knows. It's very interesting, you know. Um, if you look at the high priest's garments, okay, every part of his garment—the ephod and the and the turban and the and the outer—everything uh, is also given, and his undergarments are also mentioned. <laughs> no point is when he is going into the holy of holies or into the who sees his undergarments. Anybody sees undergarments? Nobody sees. But who sees? God sees. Whether they are there or not. God sees. God sees. You see, that is what has to give us the fear of God. God sees. You cannot hide. Boss, you cannot hide from God. Sorry, I don't want to put this and scare you. No. God hide every little thing. That is the reason why, you know, Genesis chapter 4 verses 6 to 7. Look at what it says. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry, Baba? Why are you angry? If you should overcome your anger, otherwise, who is crouching? Sin is crouching. It is the crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Okay. It is ready to pounce with its karate kick. Okay. There, crouching. See, it happens slow, so slow. That is the reason why it says the mills of God grind what? Slowly, but they grind fine, exceeding fine powder. Judges chapter 14. Look at this life of Samson. No? Samson's life is down, 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 okay? Just down, 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 okay? This, this is what I'll get from Samson's life. Filled with the spirit, but went down. Filled with the spirit, but went down. Look at what it says in Judges chapter 14 verse 1. Samson went down to Timna. And he saw a young Philistine woman. Finished. Gone. First to look. Samson again. Verse 5. Samson went down to Timna together with his father and mother. Then Samson went down and talked with the woman and he liked her. Look at this. This is Unbelievable this was. The spirit of the Lord came powerly, powerfully upon him and he, oh my goodness, how can the spirit of God come so powerfully upon you and you can still go down? You know why? Because your life is always down. It doesn't matter. That's the reason why you know what Jesus says. You would say, Lord, Lord, have you not prophesied in your name? Have you not driven out demons in your name? I don't know you. Because your life is always down, down, down. You, you took the spirit of God along with you. But I'm not going to be mocked. You see, that's the point here. It's all down. And finally what happens? This is Judges chapter 15 verse 8. He, again, he attacked them visually and slaughtered many of them. Then he went down. You see that? Again down. What happens at the end? Chapter 16. 
Then she said, this is Delilah. Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord has left him. Then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes and took him down. Boy, that is amazing. They took him down and they took off his. See, there are two visions as I said. Your eyes or God's eyes. And what happened? Bending him with the bronze shackles, they set him grinding the grain in prison and he learned the lesson. The mills of God grind slowly, but they grind exceedingly fine. Little, little, little decisions. All of us. That is the reason why Matthew chapter 5, look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5. This is in the English standard version. I love this, I love this translation. Look at what he says. He says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, next verse, therefore whoever relaxes, one of the least of these commandments. Chinna papam. Keshna. All sin in the sight of God. You know, even the littlest sin that you committed, God had to die on the cross for that. It's unbelievable. If you think about the equation. Small lie, God had to die. Very interesting, one-liner. Small lie, God had to die. That's original. Because nowadays people are saying plagiarizing, plagiarizing. So we have to be careful, no? So, small lie, God had to die. But whoever does them and teaches them, I mean, we will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven, the little commands. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees, because the Pharisees are good at big, doing the big things, so to speak. But they compromised on all the important things. And the little things are the important things. For example, coming on time to church. Boss, think about it. I mean, we said over and over again, I, know I, I go to every church and I repeat pastor's sermon. I tell all of them. When Pastor Rama and Pastor, uh, pastor Garu have come into the church, when two or three are gathered in our name, my presence is there. Immediately when Pastor Rama and Pastor Garu entered the church, who is there? Jesus is there. And everybody who came after Jesus was waiting for you. Darbar mein raja agya aur praja abhi bhi bahar hai. Darbar ko band kar deni chahiye. See that? And, and some people in some churches, they come for benediction also. So they, they wait for worship. Praise and worship is gone. They'll go to the coffee shop. They'll, they'll have a nice time. Finally, the message are pastoral prayer by everybody goes out. Message how many, who's preaching? Pastor. Oh, pastor is preaching. Okay, 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 okay. We'll wait. Oh, benediction. Everybody runs for benediction. And everybody is thinking that they will receive their crown in heaven. Can you imagine the fallacy of that? The deception of that. Think about it. I mean, we, do, we can't prioritize simple, simple things, the little things of coming to church on time. No, think about that. And we are talking about crowns in heaven. Hmm. The little fox. Paying your tithes. 10%. If you can't give 10%, will you give 50%? Oh, when I get 50, more money, I will give. You will never give. 
Because you will never have sufficient money to give. Hmm? So, so what do we need therefore? What do you know what do we need? We need people who will point our mistakes and call us the way we are. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of the friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Oh, oh, you know, ask God for friends like that. Honestly, I'm telling you, you know, this is from my own personal experience. I thank God for pastor in my life. You don't know. He will point out if you sit with him. I was talking to Eric the other day. He said, Pastor, tell me what I should do. I said, you know what? Don't forget to talk to Pastor every day. You being the pastoral ministry. Ready, Pastor? Yes. He'll keep you on the straight and narrow path. And he will show you the blind spots. Because others, people who are senior in the ministry, people who are more senior, more qualified, you, you can ask him, Pastor, what is the secret of your anointing? No, 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 don't ask that. Pastor, what is the secret of your discipline? Ask that. Because that's what we need. We need character to hold the anointing. Not the talent to preach. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we rejoice in tribulation because tribulation works patience. Patience works endurance. Endurance, godly character. Godly character or proven character. Hope and hope does not disappoint because of the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Proven character. 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 Run after character saints. If you have seen that movie, Rocket Sing, remember that story? This guy buys something on credit and he asks him, what is your collateral? He said, mera scooter le lo. And you know what the other guy says? Abhi tak mene ek bhi sardarji ko chhut bolte hoi nahi dekha. And when I heard that in the movie, I was so convicted. I said, Lord, Sardarji speech us, Lord. We Christians are so flippant. Can anybody trust us like that? Can you imagine that? Character. Character. Okay. So we need that. Why? I'll tell you why this is important. Because there will come a time where there will be a point of no return. If you don't heed to corrections regularly. You know, it's very, very important for us, you know. This is so, so important. It'll, one way of God breaking us and humbling us is by correcting us. By disciplining us. By breaking us. By disciplining and coming under godly discipline. And we need that. And our flesh will fight it like anything because we don't like anybody telling good, bad things about us. How, who likes bad things about us? If your wife says something like that, ah, you will say, pastor told me to preach on humility. Okay? <laughs> That's what Francis Chan. That is plagiarized. Okay? <laughs> okay. End of argument, no? Pastor James asked me to preach on humility. So he knows that I am so humble. No, Pastor James asked you to preach on humility because you are the most proud. At least you learn something. No. Proverbs chapter 5. Why? Because what happens if you don't regularly make course corrections? Regularly. Repentance is 180 degrees initially. And after that, it is what we call as course corrections. Regularly. Initially, 180 degrees. Regularly, course connection. 
That is original, again. Proverbs chapter 5, look at what it says, if you don't do it. This is a guy who refused correction. And you say, how I have hated instruction. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 12 onwards. And my heart despised, neglected, in other translations, correction. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. I was on the verge of, what ruin? Total ruin. In the midst of the congregation and in the assembly. And if you are young, if you are all teenagers in this house, raise your hands up in the air, in the air. It's all the teenagers. I tell you, this is the best time for you to come into the straight and narrow path and straight and correction. Make it a habit. All, all those who are less than 40. Okay. Also, come in and take correction. Okay. Because I believe uh, 40 years is a dangerous period. Because the character of a man is set by that time. His personality is set. You know, it's very, think about it, no? When you are a young boy and you get hurt, you easily recover, very fast. Okay? And when you play, you can play like anything because you're growing, you will recover. You'll sleep in, sleep in the night nicely by the next day morning, all your muscles are straightened up. You play cricket and football when you're 35, 40. Amma! Deva! You wouldn't believe it, no? Pastor's brother, he's an excellent TT player. He played with all these pop shots, no? And he said, he challenged me for a game and I thought I can against play with him. Seven games. Seven zero. And, and I was, I was doing my best. I was bending like this, okay? Bending. All, I mean, I was had a punch then. I was bending like this and by the, after a while I was like holding my hand and he looked at me and he said, you know, you play well, but you have got a lot of extra fat. That caused your downfall. Your body is not going where your mind is taking you. I said, that, that's what pastor told me. The same spirit. Body is not going where your mind is taking you. Poor and gone. Unbelievable. It was a complete steamrolling. No? I was like, what? I became one rupee paper only after that. And I had to wait for two, three days to recover. You know, it's very difficult to recover when you become old. That is what happens, right? That's the analogy that I made, no? In the first starting analogy. You become a tree trunk, now you they try to bend your patak, gone. You see? Because character is set. Mindset is set. Mind is set. <laughs> That's the reason why it's called mindset. See? All, you see, all just prodigies, they start young. Because chest is muscle memory. Because of the strongest muscle in the human body is the brain. Not your bicep, tricep. No, 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 no. This. This. That is the reason why all sportsmen are afraid of injuries. You know why? Because they rely on muscle memory. For their hand-eye coordination. They rely on muscle memory. They are not thinking, okay, you know, this ball is coming at 150 kilometers per hour, cover drive after 3.3 seconds. No. No, 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 no. They have something already inbuilt in them. Calculations already happened in the practice. And therefore the recovery is also very fast. 
I mean, it's amazing, no? How sportsmen these days, they can play for four and a half hours, they can, they can recover for the next match, the very next day. Why? Because they have trained their bodies, disciplined their bodies, right from the time that they were young. So that when you become old, it will be easy for you to bend. I remember Zach Punan saying, pastor also told me, he said, Vijay, one thing in ministry, no punch. You have to have the ability to bend and pray. You should be able to bend like Elijah between your head, between your knees. Okay, so we should go on a fast very soon now. Okay, so very, very important. Settle accounts because when you grow old, it's so difficult for you to recover. Make all your mistakes before 30. Okay, after that, no more mistakes, Baba, please. (sighs) Settle accounts. You know, settle accounts. Short accounts. You know, um, if you look at the entire four Gospels, one guy who always keeps talking about settling of accounts, you know who that fellow is? Which Gospel? Anybody? Guess. You should be able to guess by intuition. Matthew, because he was a chartered accountant. Okay? By profession. Okay, that's what Whenever he looks at kingdom of God, start settling accounts, Baba. Kingdom of God is like settling accounts. I'm not saying it, he's saying it. Matthew chapter 18 verse 23. Wherefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts. It's, you know, auditing, right? Thank God for Sami, no? In our church. On time, every document, every file, every number, sorry, what, every bill, everything, it is audited and when the auditor comes and looks at it, everything is okay, sir. You know why? Because there has been regular audit, regular keeping of accounts. Every bill is maintained. Settle accounts. No, you should be able to tell precisely when you committed that sin and when you repented of it. God will forget, but you should not forget. Settle. Settle accounts. We so easily, you know, we so easily forgive, forget the money that we have to give to people, but we never forget the money people owe us. Do you know that? Do you know? Do you know? Everybody knows that, no? I, I know one, one, one of my friends from Sindhi background, no? Hingorani. I called him in the middle of the night. I said, Hing, uh, Amnish, how much do I want? $221.55. How much money? You can precisely say, because you never forget that. Settle accounts with your friend. That's exactly the reason why he says, agree with your adversary before you go to the court. Agree. Settle accounts. Short accounts with God. You neglect them and then your accounts will be a mess. Bills are there. You forget. It will be like that lady, her apron full of small stones. Matthew chapter 25 verse 19. After a long time, the Lord, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts. So before he comes, you do internal audit. That is what we call as judging ourselves. In chartered accountant language. <laughs> because I have been to chartered accountants now uh, for a long time, so I understand their language now. See, keep short accounts with God. So what, what is the reason why it says in Hebrews chapter 3? Beware, brethren, 
Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily as long as it is called today. Actually, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 will say, now, not even today. We don't know whether we'll survive by the end of the day or not. Now is the time of salvation. Now is the time of recurring. Don't keep it off. Don't postpone it. Settle accounts now. Now. Otherwise, slowly you will drift. Second, be in touch with brothers and sisters who are going in the same direction. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Two are better than? Are that is we use for marriage, no. Use it for the brothers now. Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. You see the new covenant, you know how it starts? In the old covenant, one Moses was sent, one Joshua was sent, one Isaiah was sent, one Jeremiah was sent, one uh, Malachi was sent. But when the new covenant starts in the gospel according to Matthew chapter 10, how does Jesus send his disciples? Two by two. When the apostles are praying in Acts chapter 13, what does it say? Separate unto me who and who? Paul and Barnabas too. New covenant is two. We need Paul who will pull beards. We need we need Paul who pull, pulls beards and we need a Barnabas who will weep for your sin. We need both. We need encouragers and we need exhorters. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone. When he falls, for he has no one to help him. You know, fellowship is a compulsory question in examination language. If you don't fellowship, you are a loser electron in the outer orbit. Again, if you, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? So you see, you just take one piece of coal which is burning and you keep it separate. What happens over a period of time? Gone. If bunch of them are together, continuous burning. Why? Because you need one another to fire each other up. That is the reason why it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another another friend. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him and the threefold cord is not easily broken. Exodus chapter 4. Okay. Finally, you should not neglect something more important, most important according to me. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 14. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. Don't neglect. Everybody has a gift. Say, I have a gift. Say that. Boy, what a unison. I heard for the first time. GTC, give yourself a clap. I thought by this time you'd be sleeping. I have a gift. I have a gift. But what do you do with a gift? As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. Serve one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. First Peter chapter 4 verse 10 onwards. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. Boy, I love that. You see the pressure on a preacher? You should speak as if God speaks. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which who supplies? 
God supplies. That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Everyone has a gift. Use it to serve. Use it to serve. Use it to serve one another. The best way I can serve you is study the word and give you the word. Do the hard work. Go into the secret closet of prayer. Study. Meditate. That is how I serve you. If I, if I serve you in any other capacity, if I teach you mathematics, it's not service. Because mathematics will make you pass an exam and get you into engineering college maybe. But this will take you to eternity. Which is better? Temporal or the eternal? Finally, lay down the anchor. So that you will not drift. What is the anchor? Lot of you will say, Vijay, I messed up so much in my life. I made so many mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. You are talking about sigma, mistakes. Minus, minus not as one to n, it is infinity only. The little, little things that I have done, I can't even keep count. What do I do? What do I do? Hebrews chapter 6. By two immutable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie. Hallelujah. We might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope that is set before us. What is that hope? This hope we have as an anchor for the soul. What is that? Both sure and steadfast and which enters behind the veil. That is behind the veil, the Holy of Holies. Where the forerunner, who is Christ, has already entered, even Jesus Christ, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. I'll explain this to you. Jesus, was, Jesus he didn't say, you know what? Go and fight. He didn't say that. Follow me. Okay. I know all the things that you did. Some things that you didn't, don't remember also. Don't worry, I will bring to remembrance. But do you have a heart to follow me? Do you have a heart to confess every sin and repent of every known sin? Unknown sins, I don't know. But known sin at least. I have gone before you into the holy place through my body and my blood. I obeyed completely. I became sin on your behalf so that you can become the righteousness of God. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. You are made righteous. I will help you. I will help you repent. I will help you overcome. Doesn't matter what your age. Do you believe that? If you believe that, let us stand. And I'll ask, request Rishi to come and lead us in our song. This morning, there's no condemnation in the house of God. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not with him freely give us all things? Who can separate us from the love of Christ? That's the promise that we have. That's a promise. Cling to Jesus. Don't let go of him. Tell, be like Jacob. Lord, unless you bless me, I'm not going to leave you. But God will see your heart. God will see the seeking. It's in the seeking that is the blessing we heard on Wednesday. Seek ye first. Don't find the... No, no, no. It's seek the kingdom of, king, of God and His righteousness and everything He will add. All things He will add to you.
You can just confess all the sins this morning. You can. This is the now is the time. Now is the time. You don't have to come forward. You don't have to do anything. Just take a few moments and say, Lord, Lord, this is what I am truly. So many things I have forgotten, O oh Lord, to even confess conveniently, O oh Lord. Some of them spoken something bad against my wife, and I expected her to overlook my fault without me going and setting it right with her. Little things. That's what I thought. I took it for granted. I shouted at my daughter or my son. And I didn't ask for forgiveness. I thought it was a small thing. But Lord, today I realize those little, little things, oh Lord, will become big things. And Lord, you said, he who is found faithful in the least will be found faithful in big things. That is your kingdom. That is how your kingdom functions and operates. This morning, we just humble ourselves. We just humble ourselves before you, Lord. Lord, there is nothing good in us. We goofed up a million times. Father, we can honestly say, without any sense of exaggeration or false humility, that we are the biggest goofers, chief of all sinners. Because we know, Father, I know. I know myself, O oh Lord. And how much you have overlooked and extended mercy. Father, give me a vision from heaven, O oh Lord. Open the eyes of our heart. So that, Lord, my eyes will turn away from the temporal and unto eternity, O oh Lord. Give me a heavenly perspective. Little, little things. Father, 
a brother or sister has committed against us. We choose to forgive now. Just forgive, forgive this morning. Just forgive. Just let go. Father, mother, brother, sister, brother in, the, in Christ. Just forgive. Let go this morning. Just let go. Lord, touch. Father, we are not interested in praise and approval of men. Father, if there is any lust for that, take it away from our hearts. Enable us to be humble servants. Give us that spirit because in ourselves we don't have it. We acknowledge our pride and our lack of brokenness. But you are able to break us. You are able to mold us. Do it this morning. Father, this morning, I pray for any brother or sister who is burdened because of her sin or his sin. Whatever that sin may be, O oh Lord. Lord, give them assurance. Speak to them. Convict them. If they are not getting convicted, convict them, Lord. Grant them repentance. Let them change their minds. Let us change our minds. Let me change my mind. Let my attitude change, O oh Lord. Let our attitude change toward little things primarily in our lives. Enable us not to drift without focus. Enable us to be singular. Singular, one-minded. Oh Lord, we pray along with David. Lord, unite our heart to fear your name. This morning, unite us, O oh Lord. Make us one. All double-souled people, O oh Lord, make us one. Cleanse our hands. Purify our hearts. Enable us to mourn over our sin. Father, you said, Lord, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Give us the gift of mourning this morning. And even through this week. Break us. Mold us. Thank you. Don't give up on us, O Lord. Don't give up on us, O Lord. We don't want to give up on you. We'll take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of us. We just take hold of you this morning by faith. And we anchor, we send our anchor into that holy place where Jesus, our forerunner, has already gone. Thank you, Father. Commit your children into your hands. All of us, your children, beginning with me, commit your servant, Pastor James, into your hands. Oh, Father, bless him. Bless the trip. Bless the ministry of the word. Let there be a mighty revival. Every session, Lord, you be with him. Give him the word, oh Lord. Let there be, Father, a sanctification and a cleansing and a revival in the amongst the pastors in Kathmandu and in Nepal. Thank you, Father. Father, even as we go about the rest of the week, I pray, Father, that Lord, especially we want to commit Srikanth and Swapna. Father, even as they go through the preparations, I pray, Lord, as a church, we bless them in your name. We just bless them, Lord, in your name. Oh, Father, let them be a blessing to many, 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 many of their own households, O oh Lord. Let their light shine. Let this wedding be, O oh Lord, a wedding where your name will be exalted and glorified. And you said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. Draw. Draw, Lord Father, people unto yourself, O oh Lord. Even through this wedding and even through their lives. We bless them as a church. The rest of the week, we commit ourselves to your kind hands. Lead us. Lead us in the straight and narrow path. Prone to wander, Lord, we feel it. Prone to leave the God we love. Here's our heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. 
Oh Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. Now, believing that the word of God has sanctified us, we just lift up holy hands and we bless your holy name this morning. We just bless your holy name. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name, Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.